Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Hi everyone and thanks again for joining us. It is uh, Easter Sunday. I hope you're all having a good Easter uh, or had a good Easter by the time you listened to this, potentially. And um, yeah, things are quiet here. We are moving into a new phase of lockdown uh, or lockout, lock up. Yeah, lock up. So we're, uh, restrictions Restrictions are easing tomorrow um, and we've got uh, outdoor gym sessions, outdoor group activities and the hairdressers are opening and the barbers are opening back up, thank God. Uh, because my hair is a riot. I think it's been six months since I've had it cut. Um, yeah, so I hope you're doing all, uh, well, uh, looking after yourselves and looking after each other. Um, again, if you've got any questions on any of the content that we're uh, discussing on the podcast, then uh, please um, email me, uh, info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk. And uh, I can... Uh, try and cover some of the uh, points that come up. So today, what I was going to talk about today, um, I, I'd put a post up on Facebook uh, during the week. So if you follow me on Facebook, then this will be very similar to what I've talked about uh, in that lengthy post on Friday. That was uh, the 1st of April. Yeah, I think 1st or 2nd. Um, yeah, I'm talking about how, as a society and culturally, um, we look for our, our tendency is to look towards what is wrong uh, with behavior rather than what is right with behavior. So, lots of our um, our solutions for behavior modification and behavior change and all the rest of it are based in on being punitive. Okay, now I'm going to define uh, uh, punishment in terms of. Uh, operant learning. So I, I'm, I work from a behavioral model when I'm working with uh, dogs and their clients. So I look at um, what behaviors do I want, how to set up so that those behaviors can happen, and then how to reinforce those behaviors. So that's what I look for when I'm working with, when I'm working with a client or with a dog. Um, so it's both, both of the, the parties are learning there, all, all three of us are learning actually. I'll talk about my reinforcers in a second. Um, so we've got, because if you've been listening to this podcast for a, a while, you'll have gone through some of the terms of what punishment is and what uh, reinforcement means and what extinction means. So I, I'm going to cover some of them um, in more detail later on. So they're on the list of topics to cover. I've covered what positive reinforcement is. So if you've not listened to that episode, then please I do encourage you to take the time to go back and listen to it so you've got a greater understanding of what positive reinforcement means. So positive reinforcement is not just something which is good. That's a, a kind of layman's understanding of what that term positive reinforcement is. It's got a, a definite, um, sorry, a very defined um, and exact definition. Okay. So punishment is basically anything which is um, reduces uh, a behaviour. Okay, so if you touch a, a hot stove, you uh, and and hurt yourself. Okay, the pain, uh, the addition of the pain, um, punishes you touching the stove. 
Okay, so you're less likely to do it again the next time. So punishment just means anything which uh, happens, uh, if, if, sorry, a behavior has been punished, if it means it's less likely to happen in the future. Okay, so that's the, that's all that definition means. Okay, um, now, uh, I was looking at, uh, um, I don't go on to Facebook groups very often um, because it's a source of much frustration for me. Um, nobody... When you're you're commenting in these uh, discussion forums on on Facebook or anywhere else online, um, if people unless you're running the show and people know that who, who you are, you're just another voice, okay? And that's why I tend not to um, uh, discuss things uh, online unless it's on my own con on my own platform, so my own Facebook groups or on my business page uh, or on my Instagram page or on YouTube. So the stuff that I control. Uh, I will, I will, I will uh, contribute uh, and comment on that um, because you're just another voice. Okay. Now, one of the things that happens is that when people ask advice on dog training forums, uh, is that they get everybody uh, and the the man next door uh, contributing to that. Okay. And most of it, most of the stuff is based on folklore anecdotal experience, your own experience with your dog, um, things which worked for you in the past, things that you've learned through the ages and so on. And, and unfortunately, not very much of it is based on uh, the science of behavior change. Okay, so somebody that I'd seen today, somebody had asked, and it was a complex uh, behavior issues. Uh, I mean, it was a shopping list of behavior issues. And this person needs professional help. Um, but you go on to these discussion forums and then you ask for uh, help and you get all these um, kind of old wives tales uh, of how to resolve things and, and lots of it's not particularly uh, useful. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that today. All right. Um, now, the, the question that came up uh, was, how do you stop a puppy from biting? OK, so that was the question came up and, and I'll go through um, some of the some of the responses uh, that were uh, given, okay. Um, now, there's a, an athlete that I follow uh, on Instagram, and he was um, had his his toddler and his uh, young uh, dog. So the dog, well, the dog's about four or five years old, I think, and the the toddler's about a year or a year and a half. And he'd showed shown a little um, video, and it, he says, you know, it's a, a in inverted commas cute video of the dog interacting with the child, and the child shouting at the dog no 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 okay and telling the dog no all right so that child has learned that from the the parent okay when the dog does something it's not supposed to do it gets told no okay um now a few years ago i worked with a, a couple um so they were grandparents and then they had um the their, their children and then their grandchildren all stayed in the one house and they had this glorious six-month-old Labrador. This was a long time ago. And this really, really nice six-month-old Labrador who was just unruly, okay? And I, I mean unruly as in hadn't, hadn't learned or been taught what the rules of the house were. So he jumped up, grabbed food, ran around, and basically just had a riot to himself. And, and, and I could, again, based on my own experience from you know dealing with people for my whole life, um, got a feel for for how they interact with their dog just by some of the language that they were using, and uh, so I asked them, um, "Do you ever tell your dog off? Do you ever give you know reprimand your dog or tell tell them no?" And they kind of 
kind of then realised, well, we don't want to tell the dog trainer that we, we tell the dog no all the time. So they said, yeah, maybe a couple of times a week we would tell the dog no. Okay, so their toddler was in the room. And when they brought the six-month-old Labrador in, as soon as the dog came into the room, the toddler started shouting, no, Kai, no, 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 no. Okay, and, and I said to the grandfather, I, I, I dare say that you say no to this dog more than once or twice a week because it was the first thing, the first thing that the toddler interacted with, the first way that he chose to interact with this dog was by shouting angrily uh, and telling the dog no. Okay, so if we're not aware of these things and we're not aware of having coming up with um, positive um, reinforcement-based solutions to this, we rely on what our learning is. Okay, and so much of our learning comes from either extinction, which I'll explain in a second, and punishment-based uh, approaches. Okay. All right. So extinction is where you try a behavior repeatedly, um, which has previously worked and it now no longer works. Okay, so um, if you uh, somebody um, texts you and you don't want them texting you, okay, and you have previously engaged with them by text and you start ignoring the ignoring their text messages, what you're now doing is you're putting them on an their behaviour of texting you on an extinction uh, contingency. So basically, they text you and they get no result from it. Now, with uh, think of it with um, if you press the button for, the, for a, a lift or an elevator and it doesn't come, you then press it again and you'll maybe stab it three or four times before you finally take the stairs. Okay, so that frustration that you get when you're punching that button and it's not working uh, is inextricably linked. Okay, they, they go together. They, you cannot, cannot pull them apart. Frustration goes with extinction. So if a dog is jumping up on you and you ignore your dog and the dog is jumping up on you because that behavior has previously worked for the dog and that no, no longer works, the dog now starts jumping up on us more, gets frustrated, tries harder, uh, and the frustration can then manifest in other ways through destructive behaviors and so on, or trying harder. So they now jump up and mouth your bark at you. Okay. So we, we have this ignoring, ignoring the bad behavior. Okay. It's just terrible advice. Okay. And I'll, I'll cover this in future uh, episodes. This ignore the bad behavior nonsense. Okay. Um, it comes from a dilution of the science of behavior change. Okay. So it's been diluted so many times that uh, it now no longer has any meaning, okay? So it's like when people tell you to eat right and exercise, which has been the kind of health advice for, you know, decades now, that that's meaningless information, absolutely meaningless information because it gives you no detail on how you actually eat right and what exercise works, how often to do it and so on. There's no detail in it, okay? So extinction, the dog trying over and over and over again. So we ignore bad behavior. The dog pulls in the end of the lead and we just, um, we, we see that no, no longer works for you. We stand still and so on. So extinction causes frustration, okay? Um, and then punishment-based approaches um, also have an emotion attached with them, okay? So the dog is either relieved for uh, from uh, the application of the um consequence that they don't like okay so we, so you basically you know so think about it when you get stared down by your your parents as a child you know and, you know you get that you're at church or whatever and your your mum stares at you because you're not behaving properly okay properly again in inverted commas 
Okay, so that's you then look away and behave yourself in order to relieve yourself from that pressure. Okay, or you're wanting to avoid it. Okay, so it's a it's a kind of um, dread that it's going to happen or a relief that it has been removed. So those those emotions there go together when we're working with uh, extinct. Sorry, when we're work, working with punishment based approaches, they cannot not. Okay, so they have to go together. Okay. Now the other one is if the like if the dog goes to jump up and you pull the treat away from it, so that again causes frustration. Okay. So we've got all of these different things that we we use, and this is ingrained in us as a species. Okay. Um, you know, in prehistoric times when we were before, you know, in our our, our genetics when we were before before we were Homo sapiens. And we'd be sitting and we'd be um, grooming each other, okay, as a more primitive ape or primate. And you're looking for all the little things that are wrong with, um, you know, through um, the the hair and through the the, the the skin. So it's all the little, um, you know, little bits of dirt or the little insects or something like this, and that's what you're picking out. So we're as a species, we're, we're it's ingrained in us to see what is wrong with behaviour. Okay, that, that's wrong, so I need to correct it. That's then compounded by how we have learned. Now, grand, um, let's see, what's the word I want to use for this? Um, yeah, things have changed. Okay, so I have raised, uh, my children are now, um, will be 19 and 21 this year, and I have raised them considerably differently from how I raised Sorry, from how I was raised and my siblings were raised. Okay, considerably differently. Okay, my sister is 20 years younger than I am. My youngest sister, there was there's six of us. So my youngest sister is 20 years younger than I am. And my parents raised her considerably differently from how they raised the four older ones. Okay, or the four, yeah, considerably differently. <laughs> right. Um, and rightly so, okay, R- rightly so. Um, so as we progress, um, scientific progress goes boink. Okay, so we, we as we know more about this stuff, we then start applying this stuff. So we should now should now know as a species, um, because it's not as if the the, the community scientific community hides this stuff. Um, is that using um, aversive methods or coercive methods to, for behaviour change does have fallout. Okay, and it has either short-term fallout or long-term fallout on the learner. So it either becomes externalized where the learner will lash out and do other behaviors in order to try and relieve themselves from the pressure now, okay, um, or it gets internalized and, it, and we become ill as a result. Okay, so this is it's ingrained in us from, so if you're unfortunate enough to be over 40 years old uh, and to have the or and or, to have been raised with parents who um, were more punitive in their approach with you. And that's what you've learned. Okay. You've learned that um, if you do something wrong, you get given into trouble for it. So you then don't do the, the thing that you've done wrong in order not to get to be given into trouble for it. Okay. So, and it's built in um, our work. Uh, it's built in parenting. Okay. Um, it's built into uh, our legal system. So law and order is all about punishment. Okay, you get fined for speeding too fast. You don't get rewarded or get, you know, free coffees for driving at the speed limit. Um, you 
um, the church, okay, so if you've been raised in organised religion, it's all, you're going to the bad fire, okay, right, that's what happens if you sin, you're going to the bad fire, okay, so that, again, that's all a punishment-based approach, and um, if you're late for your work, you'll be reprimanded, and then you could be, um, you could be docked pay, or you could lose your job, okay, or given, you know, bum assignments, um, which are, nobody else wants to do, so that's based on punishment, Okay, so all of this stuff, so much of what we do as a society is based on um, concentrating on the behaviours that we do not want and, you know, basically suppressing those behaviours. Okay, and then that then leads into our lives with our dogs. So you tell your dog no, you check your dog in the lead, you ignore your dog when the dog come, when the dog jumps up on you to say hello to you. You know, you turn your back on them when they, they jump on you and so on and so on. Okay, so it's all about um, we concentrate. There's a tendency within dog training to concentrate on the things that we don't want. And that's just because we're human. Okay, and that's just from our human learning. Now, the other thing that happens with this is that within a positive reinforcement dog training community, we've been doing this stuff a long time. Okay, so I've been doing this stuff now for over 12 years. So when you're then engaging with your peers, it's this big echo chamber. And then that's further exacerbated by social media uh, because you then, you're then you fed in more and more opinions that are similar to yourselves rather than ones which are different. So th there's an assumption for, I, th I and I do see this, there's an assumption uh, in dog positive dog trainers to think that everybody knows this stuff and they don't, okay? They, they really, really don't, okay? Um, and I'll, I'm going to give you some examples of how how much people don't know this, okay? So the, the question in the forum, and this is not really, the, when you're, with all of this, the, the content I put out, I'm trying to um, give you principles and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? lost okay sorry right so uh, the, the the principles and and the um the rules for this stuff okay okay or the um god what is that word i'm looking for come back to me okay um concepts there we go okay <laughs> i knew it started with a c okay so the principles and concepts of this stuff because if we understand the principles and concepts of things we can then start applying it in a broad range and we're only limited by our imagination but if you're given so if, if you think that this information I'm going to give you here as you're listening to this is about puppy biting, then um, then I've 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 not done well by by you and explaining this is not about puppy biting. We're just using the puppy biting as an example. Okay, so this is not about puppy biting. I'm just using the puppy biting as an example of how we are how we immediately uh, look at um, the the problem behavior and how to quash it, okay? So the question was asked was they've got a young puppy and the puppy mouths, puppy mouths, okay? Now puppy's mouth, I'll go on to that. I'll talk about that towards the end of the, the podcast. Okay, so the, the solutions which were given and I'll go through some of them um, and how where the behavioral practices come into this, okay? So one of them was say no in a firm voice and walk away, okay? So the first one is say no, so you're gonna reprimand in a firm voice, okay? So there's further emotion into that, 
Okay, uh, and then you walk away. So you rem there's the removal of the, the the good thing. Okay, so there's uh, um, an aversive. Okay, potentially, and um, by saying no in a firm voice. Okay, um, and then you walk away. So that's removal of something. So that's a um, that's a timeout, or um, your toy gets taken off you as a child if you're not behaving properly. When I say you're not to do that, and uh, we're take the toy away from you. So it's a bit Victorian, isn't it? Okay, a bit school mamish. Okay, now, um, so we're looking at, we've got um, a punishment-based approach and on both ways. So we're both adding something, which is unpleasant, and removing something um, which the dog wants, which is us, okay? All right, now the next one is use a chew stopper spray or lemon on your arm, okay? Um, and then it says, and it definitely worked for my dog. All right, so the, the chew stopper spray or the lemon is something which is unpleasant. So the dog does, the dog then bites your arm and then goes, I don't like that taste and uh, moves away from you. Okay, now what the, pro the problem we have with this is if the dog now has, uh, if we're wanting, so we want, we want approach behaviors from our dogs throughout their lives. We want our, dog to, our dogs to come back to us when they, we call. We want our dogs to stay with us instead of pulling on the lead. Um, we want our dogs to move in towards us when um, we need to remove something which is stuck in their coat or dry their feet or their undercarriage uh, or to move, put their collar or their harness or their lead on. So we want these approach behaviours all the time. But this um, uh, example of using a chew stopper spray or a lemon is because it's only concentrating on the behavior that you don't want and not the big picture, we're now starting to teach, potentially starting to teach our dog that we are unpleasant to be around. Okay, so we don't smell nice and we don't taste nice. Now, I don't, we do not want our dog understanding that we taste nice. Okay, right, we don't. Okay, because I don't like being licked or bitten by my dog. Okay, um, but we certainly want our dog to, the, the least that we want is for us not to be, um, offensive to the dog's sense of smell okay <laughs> all right um okay so that that's that one there okay um then we've got uh, the next um suggestion which we were skipping was freeze so stop moving screech in a high-pitched uh, manner turn your back and ignore until calm okay do this as soon as the teeth make icon sorry as soon as the teeth make contact and hands are never a toy okay right so what we've done there is we stop okay stop entirely okay we um make a high-pitched squeal so that's apparently something that puppies do to each other and uh newsflash your dog knows you're not a dog and your puppy knows that you're not another puppy turn your back on them and ignore them until calm okay right now what happens with this is when a dog starts becoming over aroused, which will cover the reasons for that in a second, um, then that's not going to work because the dog now goes, I'm going to start biting your feet, okay, or I'll start biting the bottom of your trouser legs or your legs, okay. Um, so your, your dog does need to learn, yes, they do need to learn that hands are never a toy, okay, they do need to learn that, but it can be done in so many other more constructive ways that make it easier for your dog to understand this, okay. So somebody said, somebody's come on and says when they did when they did this tactic of saying ouch or squealing, it would just wind her up and she would lunge and growl more. <laughs> okay. Um, and then this is where this is where this stuff falls down. The question has been asked is, 
do I need to do it more? Do I just keep doing more of that? So it didn't work the first time. So we just need to do more of it until it works. Okay. And if I stop, she, she just ignores me and goes for the backs of uh, my legs or my hair or rips at my clothes. Okay. And I'm going to cover why that happens in a second. Okay. So you see how, because it's a punishment based approach and it's not working, then where do we go next? Where do we up the ante to? Okay, so in the first the first example, when I was saying about saying no in a firm voice, we say no, and then what do we do next if that doesn't work? Do we slap the dog in the nose? Do we tap the dog in the nose? Do we punch the dog in the head? Do we poke them in the ribs? Do we pin them down in the ground? Do we grab them by the scruff of the neck and shake them? Okay, do we start using metal collars? spraying them in the face with water with um, lemon and vinegar and so on and so on, putting an electric collar on that dog, okay, and so on. All right, so when we, if we don't have a positive reinforced, uh, positive reinforcement mindset, when we are working with our dog, this is what happens, okay? So we're looking at ways of being creative with our teaching to teach the dog what we want them to do rather than what we want them not to do, okay? Okay. Right, um, so we've got timeouts, okay? Put your dog in a timeout, all right? So remove themselves, put them in a the crate. Okay, that's another one. Um, then uh, this is another belter as well, okay? Um, to help soften the bite, you can feed treats on a metal fork. The dog is uncomfortable biting down on the fork and then learns to have a softer mouth, okay? Right, now, there's a few things there. Does the dog understanding that that is a metal fork with a piece of food on it, is that in any way similar to the scenario of your dog becoming too tired, too aroused and biting your hands? Okay, does one transfer to the other? Uh, probably not. Okay, maybe not. Maybe. Okay. Now, the problem with this is um, this person has says that this has helped when both of her dogs or both of his dogs were pups. Now, the likelihood is that that's not what was helping. What was helping was the fact that the dog just grew up through its developmental pro, uh, stages over the next few weeks and grew out of biting. Okay, that's probably what's happened with that. But you see how we've got this causation and correlation. So we've got, it's correlated that when I use the metal fork with the treat on it, um, that's, that's correlated with the dog reducing the um, amount of biting that they were doing. Um, and what happens, you've then got a um, bias uh, of looking for, well, that's worked then. Okay, I've done that. I've been told that it'll work. So it's working because I've done that. Okay, and you look for this confirmation bias. It's not helpful either. Okay, so basically you're looking for, you're basically looking for evidence to support your belief, your belief system. Okay, that confirmation bias. And all of these things go on all the time with us all the time, okay, unless we learn to be critically analytical about this stuff, okay? All right, so you see how that, and again, again that's another punishment-based approach. The pup bites down on the metal fork and goes, I don't like that, so I'll stop doing that, okay? So so we've got this, we've, we've got this all the time, and I see it over and over and over again, both with clients and uh, on uh, online discussions about uh, dog training, as it were, we're focusing on how do we stop that unwanted behavior. Um, just very, very briefly, um, years ago, I worked with a, a fella and he had, um, this was a colleague, 
and he worked with police dogs. And he said one of the guys came in one day and he was waiting. The, the dog was, his dog was um, licking urine uh, off uh, trees and, and grass and stuff like this at the park. Okay. And the, and the, the, the handler, the, the guy who, the, the dog's partner, effectively, um, was relishing the opportunity that he was going to be able to hammer this dog the next time that he did it. And he came in saying, the dog's getting it today if he does this. And it and it's because he's taken it personally. He's tried it so many times um, to stop it. And now he's like, I'm really going to up the ante now. Okay. Um, and I won't even tell you about what he was, what he was planning and doing with this dog when the dog started licking urine. Okay. But this is that, and that's a, a relatively extreme. And it, in fact, I don't, from my experience, it's on the more side of extreme, but it's not it's not well out with the, the realms of, of what I have seen. Okay. Now, so let's look at it from a behavioral approach. Okay. That puppy mouthing behavior or, or puppy biting. Children cry. Okay. Children cry in order to get, uh, so babies cry, infants cry in order to get their needs met. Okay. So um, the function of crying is to get fed to get picked up, to get put down because it's too bright, because it's too dark, because they're lonely, because they are wet, because they're um, dirty, um, and so on and so on. So we could come up with 10 reasons why a baby cries. That's the function of the baby's crying behavior. And as they grow up, they get better ways to uh, tell you that they need um, their needs met. Okay, can I have a drink of water? Or can you give me a blanket? Okay, uh, or can you give me a cuddle? Okay, and so on. So very often, sorry, in, in similar terms, puppies bite and they mouth because they've got no other way of expressing themselves. They've got no other way of getting their needs met. So the first things that we should be doing with puppy training, uh, sorry, with puppy mouthing, is we look at are the dog's basic needs being met? So I had a, a client a few months ago who said that she got up in the morning and the dog was was um, kind of went wild. Okay, it's a golden retriever puppy, went wild and was biting at her toes first thing in the morning. And I said, can you take, take her out to the toilet and see if that makes any difference to her, her biting? You know, so what the, the woman then did was immediately uh, upon getting ready in the morning, would put her shoes on, take the dog out the back, let the dog toilet. And just in doing that, she saw a massive reduction in the amount of uh, mouth and, and biting behaviours that she was getting first thing in the morning. Because the dog's telling you, I need out for the toilet. Okay. And that is what, now they can't tell you that, okay, because they're weeks old. And that ill feeling of, ah, I really need the toilet, you know, goes somewhere. And where that goes is on your feet with their mouth. Okay. That's where it, how it manifests. Okay. So um, looking at the dog's basic needs, are they, when your, your puppy is mouthing really hard, um, they are generally too tired, too hot, needing a toilet, thirsty or hungry so if we look at those five things first and attend to those five things then we'll see and attend to them routinely throughout the day and not only wait not just wait until the dog starts biting the puppy start biting um in a, a, a manner which is 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 more aggressive than the one we would like okay um we'll see a reduction in that um that biting Okay, so I had a, a 
this was again a couple of years ago, big working line uh, type, working type dog, so police type dog, and the family had bought the dog, and the mum um, was saying the dog was, in these are her words, extremely aggressive around the children, okay, biting really hard and snarling and showing the dog's teeth. And I said, when was this happening? She says, it happens about six o'clock at night. And I says, and what are the kids doing? The, dog, the kids are playing with the dog, picking the dog up, trying to give the dog, a, the puppy a cuddle and so on. And I says, your dog's tired and needs to be left alone. And because he doesn't have any other way to take himself away into his crate and his own to regulate his emotions because he's not learned how to do that yet, this is just how it manifests. So it's, the problem is not with the mouth and or the, this extreme biting, okay? The dog wasn't biting in an extreme manner anyway. It was just, you know, puppy biting hard. Um, I said, if we, round about five o'clock, if we take that your dog out, um, let them go to the toilet, give them something to eat, give them something to drink, and then give them a quiet place in the um, house and to teach them how to settle there, then you'll see a reduction in that mouth. And so that's a much more proactive approach, which is what positive reinforcement training is. We look at what are the problem behaviours and when are they happening? What is the dog trying to achieve by doing those behaviours? And then we work out a solution from there. Okay, so... I'd, I'd put up this post the other day on, when we're talking about this and somebody had said, well, how do you do it then? So even though I've explained, and again, and it's just, I'm not bashing anybody. People don't know what they don't know. Um, and it, it's challenging when we're talking, when we're having these discussions about this, that I'm one not coming across as an arrogant know-it-all, which I definitely, um, I definitely do not know all of this stuff. I know a lot of it because I've, been, I've studied it uh, you know, a lot, and I've spent my career for the last 12 years doing it, uh, and I'm and super geeky about it, so that's the first thing, I do know a lot, a lot, but at the same time, I also fully understand what I don't know, um, because there's, there's dog trainers that I learn from when I go to conferences and seminars, and I go, yeah, well, I'm nowhere near their level of knowledge yet, okay, so I'm conscious of not coming across, or trying not to come across as this, this kind of arrogant um, sod when I'm talking about this stuff. Um, and But I have to use examples from my working life in order to um, illustrate these things, but I'm certainly not bashing anybody, you know, um, and I, I change details, I make things vague, you know, so that, because so many of, of, so many of us when we're learning this stuff do all the same things. I've got this bingo sheet that I, take, I check off that almost every client does 90% off before we learn before we learn something different. Okay. Um, so there's a point to that. Lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. Okay. So the person had that was asking, well, what are the solutions for it? So even though that I have given the solutions in this article that I wrote of being proactive by you know immediately thinking first, um, toilet food, water, um, and too tired, okay? Thinking of those first. Um, the person still then said, but what do you do when the dog is, is, is mouthing too hard? How do we stop this? How do we stop that from happening? And you stop it from happening by not letting it happen in the first place, okay? But a lot of people just cannot get their heads around that. They just can't. And it's a, it's a really fundamental shift and how we think about things is that um, we, uh, we we look at, and it's not even prevention. It's it's not even I don't even, I don't even want to think it, 
think in terms of we're preventing the problem from happening. We're setting it up our life so well that these behaviours just don't pop up. Okay. Um, our health model in, uh, in the Western world is pretty much about treating ailments. Where if we focused much more on education about how to look after our bodies and our minds better, we would have less illnesses. Okay, so if, if we had a, a much more, and again, that is a preventative approach. And, you know, and I know that there's, I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit here, but hopefully you get the point of what uh, I'm making, the point I'm making. If we take care of the dog's needs, these problem behaviours, they won't even come up, okay? Um, or they'll come up so less um, that we then just go, if the dog does start mouthing it as we immediately think, right, give the dog a drink of water, take the dog out for the toilet, sit with them till they settle and fall asleep, okay? Um, and it's, a, it's a, I think it's a much kinder-based approach. It's better for your learner, it's better for you. Expand your repertoire. Of, of your behaviors of repertoire, your, your repertoire of behaviors, because you start going, what's what's the problem here? And then you start applying that to your colleagues and your spouse and your boss and your, you know, the person that you see in the street and, you know, all the rest of it. So we're, we're looking at these things, you know, rather than taking these things personally and saying that behavior is wrong and I need to correct it. All right. So any questions or comments on what we've talked about today, then please do let me know. Um, it's a. Uh, this is, um, and this is not stuff that I've. This is not my stuff. This is stuff I've learned from some, from other people and lots of other great trainers and uh, other influences I've had in my life. Um, but if we if we think in terms of um, how do we nurture the learner to do the behaviours that we want, how do we recognise when the the learner, the other being, whether that's your dog or another human being that you're interacting with isn't doing those behaviours, that there's something else going on um, behind those. You, it means that we can have a, a slightly more compassionate approach and a kinder approach when we're, we're dealing with each other. All right. So, um, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. Thanks for again for taking the time out of your schedule to listen to this. Uh, and um, if you are listening to this on iTunes, if you can leave a review for me, please, it's very helpful. So the more um, reviews I get, positive ones, hopefully, please, if you're having, you know, um, again, set each other up for success on this. Um, yeah, so hopefully if you'd like this, leave a positive review on iTunes if you're listening to it on your, your Apple device. Um and if you get any comments or feedback, then please do let me know. And if you found it useful, can you also let others know? Can you share it with others? Um, so if you're listening to this on your smartphone, you should see in the top right-hand corner, there'll be three dots. Um, if you click on that, it should give you a share option and you can share that on your social media or you can uh, message it to somebody that you might find it useful, uh, who might find it useful. All right, so love and peace to you all and catch you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Massive thanks for listening to this episode. Um, your feedback is important to us, so if you've got any comments or thoughts on the podcast or you've got anything that you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please do get in touch. You can find us on uh, all the social media channels, so that's Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And if you search for Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant in any of those platforms, you'll find me. 
um, or you can email me info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening and your support means the world to us.